This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Good afternoon, most high in the name of Christ bless you. Um, we have an interesting topic today, and that topic has to deal with uh, a father's role uh, in the family, the father's role in the world. Um, and joining me today in the virtual living room to discuss this very important topic, we have first off our brother Kabar. Brothers and sisters, good to be with you on this Sunday, uh, early afternoon, and all praises to the most high Christ for all things and everything. And we have, uh, secondly, we have a brother, Yohanathan. Yes, good afternoon to all. Uh, most high in Christ. The most high, turn the power, most high in Christ. Bless all. Good evening. I mean, good afternoon. Okay. Good afternoon, brother. And we also have Abijah. Hey, Shalom, all most high in Christ. Bless. And last but certainly not least, we have brother Kazakia. Shalom to the brothers on the panel. Shalom to our audience. Everybody in the chat room, this is the Brother Pazakia, and definitely appreciative to the Heavenly Father for uh, being able to come back and, and, and uh, address this particular subject matter today because it's a very important one. Um, Kazakia, the basis for this conversation today started with you being in the grocery store shopping, believe it or not. <laughs> you, you were in line and you saw on the cover of Everyday Magazine what? I was in, you were right, in the grocery store shopping, and I was just waiting to get checked out, and I, I, I saw the cover, the front cover of every magazine, the article, and the title was intriguing enough to, to actually buy the, uh, buy the magazine and read it. It says, Our Fathers, Where Are They? And it, it, it ended up being, and when you read this article, it's a roundtable discussion by uh, distinguished uh, so-called black men, distinguished uh, African-American men, giving uh, uh, their secular perspectives as to why uh, the, the black male figure is lacking in the family or, or why there isn't that much of, a, of father figures amongst us in the, in the, in the black community. And uh, as I said before, I thought this was intriguing enough that we all sat down as brothers on, on, on the Blog Talk panel and we talk about this article and these perspectives being offered by these black men from a spiritual perspective, and by that I refer to us taking these viewpoints, these things, this information in this article, and filtering it through the scriptures and giving a spiritual perspective as to why uh, uh, within our communities uh, uh, the, the male, the black male father figure is lacking. Mm-hmm. Now, when when you take into account what you just presented from that magazine, uh, the 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 article was actually basically asking, where's daddy? Where are the fathers? Okay, now there are a number of different ways that you can look at this. You can look at it physically, where are they, that causes them to be absent from the father role. For example, they could be incarcerated. They can be divorced. They might be in the military and may be assigned to some place overseas and their family is still here in the States. Sometimes, though, they're actually present. They're actually a single father. Or they could be a father in the home with their family, and still be absent in the role of being a father. Or they could be someone who has a child, they've never been with the mother, on, uh, except just to make the child, 
but they've been completely absent from the child's life in every regard because, you know, the, the, the saying goes, the old song goes, Papa Rose Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there, there are a number of different ways that you can look at this, but what we want to determine, we, we see a lot of things that are going wrong, but we want to look at what is actually right. And, Kabar, how do you go about deciding what's actually right to do as a father? Well, by going by the only guideline uh, that we have that's been given to us by the Heavenly Father, and that is the Scriptures, Genesis, the Revelations of the revealed Word of God, and the understanding, the true understanding as it is written in Luke 24:44, of course, comes through Christ. And as we yield to Christ, keep God's commandments and follow his path as it is laid out and written in the Scriptures, we understand how to operate in all of these roles whether it be a father, whether it be um, a son, whether it be uh, a member of the community, in business, finance, uh, relationships, all of these different areas, how we operate with God, our relationship with Christ, our relationship with our wives, children, all of these things are addressed in the scriptures. And we begin to simply apply those scriptures and to uh, um, uh, set them into practical use in our lives on an everyday basis Everything begins to fall in line because all of these scriptures link up into each other, and as you begin to perform in one area, the benefits are seen in other areas. You learn and grow in that understanding, and we become more like Christ. So the, the whole point is the scriptures give the answer on how to operate. That's where, that's where we go. Abaj, I have another question. Just kind of set up the foundation for this program. You know, the, the importance of the role of the father in, in, in a family, in a community, in a nation, how important is that? Is that somewhat like, um, you know, somebody, you know, uh, your father's coming home, a uh, child has a birthday, he forgot to pick the cake up, or is it more like, well, oops, the president made a mistake and he actually hit the wrong button and now nuclear bombs been set off? Which, what is it closer to? <laughs> you know, which one of those? Well, it's closer to what we read in the scriptures about, you know, first and foremost, the order that was established in Genesis. And, you know, when you go to the, the fall of Adam and Eve, the order that was uh, reaffirmed, if you will, or reconfirmed when the Most High said that the man is the head and that the woman, you know, is, is um, you know, subject unto the man. But even when you see all of those things going into the New Testament with the understanding of Christ, you know, because a lot a lot of times the, the family structure, when they hear that the man is the head, it's like, okay, I'm the man, uh, doggone it, I make the rules, you do what the hell I tell you to do. But when you read the understanding of Christ, he tells you that, yeah, the man is the head, but that he has to have a care for his for his, uh, for his his wife the same way that he would care for himself. And the, way, and the same love that Christ had for the church, that's the same love and care that a man is supposed to have for his wife and his children. So the examples are there in the scriptures and the example of Christ and how he dealt with the disciples and how the spirit of Christ deals with the church as far as learning from them and everything else, and he understands that a woman is supposed to be a help meet for him, okay? And they're supposed to raise their children up in the fear and the knowledge and the understanding of the Heavenly Father. So he actually plays a leadership role according to the scriptures, but that wife is a help meet, meaning that she's going to be just like him so that they can be heirs together in the kingdom. Okay, you want a question for you. This is this is taken from the article, and this article, uh, by the way, is from Ebony Magazine from the uh, the June 2010 issue, and um, 
uh, there's a round, like Kazaki has, has spoke about earlier, it's a roundtable discussion uh, moderated by Ed Gordon of BET. And there's a number of notable men that have participated, and that panel includes Byron Garrett, who is the president of the National Parent Teaching Association, the PTA, George Garrow, executive director of Concerned Black Men, which is also called CBM, and Gabriel Ben, an educator and founder of the Hip Hop Educational Literacy Program. So Ed's uh, first question to them is, when you talk about black men, uh, and directing this to you, you want to done. When you talk about black men, there is this question of whether we have a parental crisis in our community. Do we? So you want to then Do we have a parental crisis in our community? Um, to answer that, yes, it's obvious. I mean, our children are are running around in, in short term. Our daughters and and sons like monkeys in the streets. Like animals, like geese, they don't know left so from when right. You say that, what do you, and, when you say that, what do you mean? When you say they like monkeys and animals in the street? What, okay, they're not acting as if the heavenly Father created us to be upright and righteous. Our children don't 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 know the simple things. Uh, for case an example, that a pair of pants is to be worn upon a waist with a belt, and then you have an inseam on your pants where they won't droop all over. It's something as simple as that. That's what I mean by, and then the way that our children carry themselves is all destroyed. I mean, it, it is. It's just you can't have a, a sane conversation with. Them. And, and it tattoos is the new thing, and all of these things come from not having the understanding of Christ, not having the counsel of the heavenly Father taught and instilled and and um, disciplined in the household. We are, I'm not blaming the children. I'm blaming that, like this panel here, like the men, like these men coming together, we're at fault because we left off from the counsel of the Heavenly Father. And when we're speaking of black um, children and we're speaking of the black men in the household, okay, um, when we're speaking of black, we're talking of these so-called Negroes here that spread throughout. We're, we are some of the children of Israel. We're not saying that all blacks are the children of Israel because there's some... Uh, Hispanics in all nations, and we're in, throughout all nations of this earth, so it's not a race thing. But we're speaking here of these children of Israel whom we're speaking of here, that that the reason why we're falling off and then, and, it, and this, this uh, epidemic is going on is because we left off from our father, our true father, which is the heavenly father. Okay, Kazakia, uh, you know, Yawantan just gave an example of how the community is in crisis, and one of the examples he gave was a young man uh, having his pants sagging, and I guess sagging too much. You know, you know, how is that a crisis? That's that's more just a fad, isn't it? You know, that's you know, it's something that teenagers do, young people do. Uh, like, you know, when I was young, you know, my grandparents, they were resistant to me growing my hair long as an afro. You know, isn't it akin to that kind of thing rather than some crisis activity? It's uh, it's more along the lines of a crisis, and this is just me speaking, uh, even my opinion as far as the pants, the pants sagging is concerned. It's more along the lines of a crisis because people were sagging, young men were sagging their pants back when I was in high school. And I, I, I'm not going to say, you know, specifically, but late 80s, early 90s, you had that fad going on, and, and, and right about now, it, it it seems that it has gotten progressively worse. Um, how does that cause harm? But, but the, here's how it causes harm. I would first and foremost 
to, to answer that question, I would like to read the scriptures. Okay. This is Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So now the overall point is, I would like to emphasize the first part of that scripture where it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. We are destroyed. As a people, we are destroyed because we lack the knowledge of the Heavenly Father. We lack the knowledge of the scriptures. We lack the knowledge of the teachings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As a result, you see the type of degenerative conditions and degenerative mind state that we as a nation are in, including our children, when it, 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 somehow it becomes permissible, and I use the same case in point that the brother Yuanathan put out there, where sometimes, so somehow it becomes permissible or accepted as the status quo or the norm uh, as for, 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 for young men, and in some cases young women now, to wear their pants sagging. Now, now the overall point is, look at what the Scripture says. Because we lack the knowledge of the Scriptures, the Bible, the teachings of Christ, we take on all these other vices, we take on all this other nonsense, and we, and we take this on and we accept it, we swallow it whole, and, and we brace it as the common norm or the status quo, but that's not the common norm, the status quo. The scriptures are the common norm, uh, norm excuse me, and the status okay. quo that we should be accepting. Okay. Okay, and, and see, you know, what, what, what you're bringing out, we know that to be true, but, you know, is that specifically addressing how there's a, a crisis in the community? You know, and maybe the the, uh, the example that's brought up about this pan sagging, maybe that's not a particularly strong example. So, uh, Avaja, could you could you bring out a stronger example, or Kabar, or someone, a stronger example, uh, how there is a crisis in the community as it pertains to fathers and you know relating to, relating to their children and and, and their families. Uh, one of the first and foremost, how you can identify a crisis going on is because single uh, parent household, you no longer, <clears throat> for the most part, you, you do not see a, a father and a mother in a typical, uh, say, black household, okay? You, you see single parents, normally single mothers, raising children, whether it be one or multiple children. You do not see the father parent present. You do not have okay. the balance and the parenting going on. You have, you have armies of young black men coming up that have no concept or idea of how to be men. What does it look like? What does he do? What does he focus on? How is he supposed to live his life? How does he manage his daily affairs? That is not present in a young, in, in a typical black male's uh, psyche, mind, and example on a daily basis. It's just not there. And so what is he left with? TV, his mother, and other aunts, um, and other resources uh, that are uh, that is not going to actually uh, allow him to grow up with the balance necessary as an Israelite man, as a black man, so-called, understanding what his role is supposed to be in following the Most High and Christ. He doesn't get so, that. So the biggest I, the biggest issue that you can see is the the lack of the fathers in the household, single parent household. That's that's one of the biggest. Now this this is a conversation. And the reason why I say it is, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, John. Okay. And then to add on 
to what the, the brother was saying, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiasticus, chapter 27 and verse 3. It says, unless a man hold himself diligently in the fear of the Lord, his house shall soon be overthrown. Again, his house shall soon be overthrown. So like we, like we was bringing out, like the brother was bringing out, we're speaking of the men, the fathers. If we're not applying and ha holding our households in the fear of the Heavenly Father, then our house is soon, like the scripture says here, be overthrown. And that means going to all chaos okay. and away from the Heavenly Father. So now, okay. these men here, okay, and, and the discussion of why the, why the Father isn't in the house, why isn't he here? Because the men themselves not applying the fear of the Heavenly Father as it is written in the scripture. So all of this is a byproduct of rebellion from the Heavenly Father's work. Okay, now you, you're bringing out some excellent points, brother. Uh, let me go back to one you just mentioned, uh, Yohanathan, and that is the house being overthrown. What does that look like in today's life? In today's families, if a house is overthrown, give me an example of what a house looks like when it's overthrown. Overthrown meaning out of order with the Heavenly Father, laden with burdens of sin. The same ones that Christ commanded us to, to um, if you burden, come to him and put his yoke upon him. Burden laden with sins. Case an example. Your son. Now, I understand what son. you're talking about. I mm -hmm. understand what you're talking about, okay? But there's somebody out there, they don't even understand the definition of sin. Okay, so we need to really break this down so they understand. When you say a house is overthrown, what does that look like? Does that mean that the roof is going to come off and it's, it, 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 the whole house just comes down to the foundation? Or is there some other meaning behind that? Physically, yeah. what does that look like? Meaning that the that the, the members inside the house are doing acts that's sinning in the sight of the Heavenly Father, acts against the Heavenly Father's word, which is sin. When you read First John 3 and 4, sin is when we break the Heavenly Father's laws, statutes, and commandments. And Christ told us the only way we are to enter into the kingdom of heaven is we to keep those same laws, statutes, and commandments. So now when I say the scriptures say overthrown, case an example, your son has children, before he has a house. That's 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 out of order. Your son has children by multiple women. That's going into fornication. Your daughter is found pregnant in your house. She's playing okay. the harlot. Okay? okay? Your sons is engaged in everything. That's what going into hatred and murders, Indians and strikes. Okay? Your son is, is what? All types of things. So you as a man is what? Not eating the things the Heavenly Father commanded us to eat. You're, you're in the household with idolatry, okay? You know, Meaning what? The false gods, false stuff. What is the scripture talking about when it says house? Is it speaking in terms of a physical building? With the dwelling No, when it says this house shall be overthrown, it's referring to basically, if y'all brothers don't mind if I come in, it's referring to basically the household structure, the family structure. If a man is now holding himself first and foremost diligently in the fear of the Lord, that means keeping the commandments, that means being an example, that means dealing with his wife out of the scriptures, that means teaching his children, so forth and so on, that household will not prosper. It will be overthrown. You're going to have reversals. You're going to have your children out of order. You're going to have your wife out of order. You're going to have situations in which your children back talking you, not listening, not following your instructions. You're going to have examples like what the brother was just bringing out as far as your son acting up and your daughter playing the hard, so forth and so on. But it starts first and foremost with us repenting and following the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that's how we begin to reverse 
this parental crisis that we're talking about right here. So, you know, just so that the audience understands what we're talking about, because I think it's really important to understand when you start talking about a crisis, if you just put a label on something and you say it's a crisis, how do you know it's actually a crisis? I mean, you can put a label on anything and say it's a crisis. You can say, well, today it's a crisis because it's 95 degrees outside. Is that truly a crisis? Maybe it is. Maybe there's a crisis because typically on this day, in January 15th, typically it should be about 32 degrees outside, but today it's 95 degrees outside. So by the summer, it's going to be 150 degrees. Okay, so it's a crisis, but that's a specific example of how it is a crisis. So now we understand something about the house. We're talking about the family, the mother and the father and the children and all that. So it's saying that's going to be overthrown. So what does it mean by that? Specific examples of things that go on these days where houses are being overthrown, where someone's family is being disrupted. How is that happening? Actually, I, I gotta, I'd like to jump in just real uh -huh. quick. Okay, because when you look at the scriptures, since we're dealing specifically with the men, okay, and more so black men, but this this is really, a, you know, a, a universal thing because the Lord said that repentance is going out to, to be preached in all nations, okay? I want to read First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. All right, because these are some of the things that we see. It says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. So the reason that I read that is because, first of all, the order of the scriptures is clear as far as the Heavenly Father, Christ, man, women, children. So now we know that the Heavenly Father is doing what he's supposed to do, we know that Christ is doing what he is supposed to do. So the book is stopping right with the men. So now when you see the mentality of our men and how they deal with the with the women, you see that basically it's a lot of uh, we're dealing, the men as a whole, we're dealing in, in, the, in the lust of concupiscence, meaning like wicked lust. Okay, we're taught that as a man in this, you know, in society in general, that you go out basically and you sow, sow your oats. Okay, you deal with as many women as you uh, possibly can to get all of that lust out of you, and then one day you're just going to settle down just magically with one woman and just, you know, be able to just change over like that, okay? But that's that's just a myth. And the, and the problem with that is is that, you know, the brothers have already stated it, we're not basically, we're not being raised up and being taught the scriptures, okay? We're not being taught what it is to follow Christ and keeping the commandments, I'm going to read, and the reason we're not being taught that is because, you know, a lot of people will have things to say, well, you know, as far as, you know, dealing with the children, you know, we've got to have more programs, we've got to have more education, we've got to put more information out there. Okay, these things, and even the whole thing with the, the fornication and all of that, fornication, prostitution, all of that stuff has been around since, the, since, since Babylon, since the beginning of time. So the thing about it is, is that it always comes back to what was to keep us from falling into that is to follow what the Heavenly Father set up. I want to read Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 8, you know, because um, some people would even suggest, well, you know, we have to, you know, the churches have to get more involved, and, you know, the, the spiritual uh, leaders have to get more involved. But let's read Ezekiel 33 and 8. It says, <clears throat> excuse me, not 33 and 8, 33 and, here we go, 33 and 7, I'm sorry. It says, so thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. So the thing says, 
you know, the scripture saying, it says, hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. So the thing is, is that we see a lot of people with the Bible in their hands, but number one, they're not hearing the word of the Heavenly Father from the Bible. They're hearing, they're basically preaching doctrine. Okay, they're preaching money. They're preaching, you know, things other than what the Lord said. Or they're preaching things similar, but they're twisting it. But the thing is, he said, warn them from me, because the Heavenly Father told us some of the things that would happen to us when we go off and following his commandments. He told us about the things that would befall us when we committed sin. So it's, it's, really, it's really not that hard. So, you know, it's, it's, it just goes to show the point that the source, the solution to the problem is first and foremost not only, you know, dealing with the children, but you've got to have that structure in place and that foundation, which is Christ, that the men have to have. The women have to have it also so that they can create a stable household in which to bring the children up. But it's important, very, very important for that man to have a foundation in Christ. Okay. Yeah, and I, I want to hit on that point. If you want to go to the call, the first I'll uh, uh, No, I was just about to ask if anybody else, before before we invited our visitor in to the discussion, if uh, anyone else had a comment. Yeah, I'm here. So the, the thing is that you really cannot focus on the children until you deal with the parents because you can't make an impact on children. Uh, it's just like in the, in the school system. You have so many teachers who try, and we know them personally, try to have a positive impact on the children that they see, uh, in, in, you know, come to their class, things like that. But the thing is that it's unsustainable because the moment they leave that class, go out into, you know, their neighborhood, go home, that structure, that teaching that it was, that good person in that classroom tried to give them is overwhelmed by what they see in the, in, the, in the situations they find themselves. So in order to address, before you can even get to the woman, before you can get to the children, you have to get to the proper role of the man and, and his relationship to the Heavenly why Father it, in Christ. Why is it, why is it that you've got to get to the proper role of the man first? Because the foundation of the entire society is based on that. When you go into Deuteronomy, chapter 28, God lists blessings and curses in there. And the thing is that because he gave his, his commandments to the man, when the man broke that, he also disrupted the order that was supposed to be existing. Let me give you Psalms chapter 78 first just to establish that point. This is Psalms chapter 78, uh, and I'll read verse 5 to verse 7. It says, this is God. It says, for he established a testimony in Jacob, going into the nation of Israel, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, say, mm-hmm. that the generations to come might know them, meaning the commandments, even the children which shall be born, who shall arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. So you see how the process goes? God gave the commandments, of course, through Christ to who? The man. The man established his household in those, in those commandments, meaning him and his wife was on one accord. Once that's established, then both the man and the wife can establish that in the house with the children. And then what happens? The children being raised up in the way that they should go, they go on to establish their own households and do what? Teach it to their children and their children. And then you have a society in order with the commandments and the will of God and Christ. That's why you have to begin 
with a man in his relationship with God in Christ. Ahead, okay, and that was from Deuteronomy what? <clears throat> that was, <clears throat> those blessings and cursings was listed in Deuteronomy 28, the scripture that I just read about how it starts with a man. You can read that yeah. in Psalms chapter 78, verses 5 through 7. Psalm 78. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, before we go further with that, because I do want to come back and revisit that uh, scripture in Psalm 78 about the Father's uh, role in the community, uh, we do have a visitor to the virtual living room. And, visitor, you are coming to us from area code 404-394. If you would go ahead and give us your name and your comment or question, please. Hi, uh, my name is Anthony. Hello, Hello. Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hi, uh, I just wanted to make a comment. I was uh, listening in, and I just wanted to bring out a scripture mentioned about the uh, men uh, not wearing their pants above their behinds. And I wanted to read a scripture in Exodus 28, and and it shows how the Heavenly Father created the pants for the men. Um, it's Exodus 28 and 42. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from their loins, even unto their thigh they shall reach. So the Heavenly Father created the pants for the men to do what? Cover your nakedness. From the loins, even unto the thigh they shall reach. So um, from from the thigh area to your loin area, they're supposed to cover your nakedness. And, and as a, uh, the loin area, what would that be for those who don't know? So, so your uh, around about your groin area, it's supposed to, it's supposed to cover those parts up. So from your loins even unto the thigh that shall reach to cover your nakedness. Uh, 43, they shall be upon Aaron and his sons, and they shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation. So basically the point that I'm making is that the, your pants are supposed to cover your behind. Uh, so when you see our young men walking around, you know, they, they don't have any, uh, you know, they, they showing their boxes and they showing their underwear. That's that's out of order according to the scriptures because the heavenly Father created clothes to cover, and, and that goes for the uh, you know the women too. They they're not supposed to be wearing breeches, but they supposed to be wearing clothes that cover cover their 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 bodies. And when you look at young women too, you know that's that's the fashion trend amongst us today as well. You know, um, you know you got young men and the young women you know dress, dressing naked. And that is it's, it's really a fashion trend, but it's, it's, it's actually sin. Um, so that that's all I wanted to go into. Okay. Hey, can I add something on to that? Uh, yes, I. Yes. Okay, just real quickly, I wanted to go to uh, Ecclesiasticus and the Apocrypha, and I want to read, <clears throat> bear with me a second, chapter 19 and starting at verse 29. It says, A man may be known by his look, and one that hath understanding by his countenance when thou meetest him. Verse 30, a man's attire and excessive laughter and gait show what he is. So those two scriptures are telling you that the, the, the way that you present yourself, the way that you speak, the way that you deal with people, okay, that basically is a, a uh, uh, it shows what type of understanding you have. Or some people say how much sense you got, Okay. A man's attire and excessive laughter and gait, how you walk, how you carry yourself, show what he is. So okay. the whole thing about people saying, well, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. Hmm. That ain't what it's saying here. So the thing is, is that these are certain things that have to be established again in a household. 
once upon a time when we were coming up, man, we used to get spankings for for wearing our pants, uh, you know, below our waist, if you will. Okay, there were certain uh, standards, if you will, that were upheld just across the board. Okay, whether it was your mother and father or whether it was your next-door neighbor's uh, mother or your next-door neighbor's father or your best friend's mother or father or auntie or uncle, there were certain standards that were in place and upheld and expected to be followed. And those things are no longer there. Now, when you look at the, uh, you know, go ahead. Well, when you look at, when you look at uh, dress, appearance, uh, you have people that are dressed up in suits and they're in the pulpits and they are committing atrocities the same way someone with their pants sagging with hip-hop gear on gangster, gangstered out. You know, they're doing the same kind of stuff. You know, so it, is that really harmful because someone looks that way? Well, it depends on the environment. But the point is it says that a man may be known by his look and one that has understanding by his countenance when thou meetest them. So the whole thing is going back to the whole point is it says one that has understanding. Okay, because now you're looking at someone when they're opening their mouth and how they deal, okay, that's going to basically take precedence over everything else. But notwithstanding, it still goes back to saying dealing with your attire and how you conduct and carry yourself. And when you associate how you conduct yourself and how you carry yourself with, you know, a certain group, if you will, then, you know, you really have to look at those things. But the scriptures goes to tell us that we have to be very conscious of those things. It's not just something to discount. And even somebody just because they're wearing a suit, okay, that doesn't necessarily mean anything as far as, you know, you would expect someone wearing a suit to have some type of, you know, sense or some type of knowledge about themselves. But even then, the scriptures goes on to tell you that a man may be known by his words as well. Okay. Uh, Kamar, I want to go back to that scripture and ask you to read that scripture in Psalm 78 about the Father. But uh, before before we go there, let's go to a quick message. Hi, this is Samad from the Body of Christ Church in St. Louis. I would like to invite you to our show in the SDL. The shows air every Wednesday at 6 p.m. It is an hour show on Charter Communications. Channel 980 and 981. So take some time out to get the good word. And may the most high Christ bless you. Okay, uh, welcome back to the program. Kabar, uh, before we went to the message, uh, I was asking you about that scripture in Psalm 78. Would you, would you mind reading that again, please? Yes, that's um, Psalm chapter 78, starting at verse 5 down to verse 7. It says, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known unto their children, that the generations to come might know them, even the children which shall be born, who shall arise and declare them to their children. They may set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Okay. Um, now, that, that scripture seems to indicate that the reason why you have daughters, young women who are unmarried, 
showing up pregnant, getting an abortion, or you have young men going out stealing cars, uh, carjacking, uh, getting young girls pregnant and they're not married, um, shoplifting, a number of other things, you know, that just social ills, things that are done by young people in our communities that are wrong. And it's, it's aggravating to the community. It's annoying. In some instances, killing. Many instances, killing. Other young people, not just young people, but adults also. It seems to indicate that that is the father's responsibility. Is that what you're bringing up? It, because we're talking about uh, the scriptures tell you um, in Psalm chapter 22, verse 6. I'm excuse me, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. Okay, and, and the majority of the time, you're going to find that being the case. Because the thing is that because the children aren't trained up in the way that they should go, they're lost. And so that any of the ills, the draws, the the uh, the current of the current society and wherever it's going, the children just going to get swept up in it and go in that direction. They have nothing to base their decisions on. You need a foundation from which you can base and make decisions on. That foundation is supposed to be the commandments of, of God according to the wisdom that Christ gave us. When, when an individual does not have that, has not been taught that, has not been shown that example, they have no defense against all of the foolishness, the wiles of the devils, and the influences in society. And therefore, they do whatever comes to their mind. And that's where the problem okay. is. Okay. All right. We, we now, do now, have a, a visitor uh-huh. We, we can go to the visitor, but I just wanted to, of course, the scriptures tell you that there was a testimony of how God gave that, that commandment. I just want to go back into Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7 and actually read where God commanded us to do that. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse, verse 7, I thought of verse 4, says, Heal Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words, which I command thee this day, Shall be in thine heart. Verse 7. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Now we know that the primary teacher and the primary one setting an example is supposed to be who? Like the scripture says, the father. Okay, that's who's supposed to be teaching, and his woman is supposed to be on one accord with him, helping him do that. And then it says, And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, when thou risest up. That's how you do it diligently. It's constantly being drilled in, shown the example, and taught. All right, you can go to your, your call. Okay. All right. Um, visitor, you are coming to us from area code 404 If you would go ahead and give us your name and your coming to question, please. Hey, how's everyone doing today? This is um, Dwight calling from Atlanta again. Hello, Dwight. Um, Hi, Dwight. I'm going to read a scripture. This is 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. A lot of you were bringing out this point as we were going on, and I'll read it and then explain why I wanted to read the scripture today. It said, um, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Mm. And the reason why I read that is earlier they were talking about the house being overthrown and what does it look like. Mm. What it looks like is when things are not according to this order that we read right here, meaning God being over the house with Christ, us following the example of Christ, the men are living that example and teaching it to his woman and children, and everyone is doing that. The reason why the whole crisis comes into play now 
and and there's such a catastrophe going on within our neighborhood is this family structure that we're reading right here is gone in a lot of cases. So instead of having the head over a man over the household that's following Christ, you might have a man over the household that's a drug dealer. And what is he teaching his son? He's not teaching his son to, you know, do the right things. He's teaching him things that are contrary to the scriptures. So now his son is a drug dealer. Or maybe the father is a gangster or a crip or a blood or whatever have you. And instead of teaching his son to stay away from that, he can't teach him that because he's involved in the same thing. So now his son is following in that same line. And that's what sometimes when the fathers are there. But then there's situations when there's no father. And the woman is leading the household. But she's not leading the household according to Christ, and she doesn't have anyone showing her according to Christ how to lead. So then the kids grow up doing all kinds of things from joining gangs to robbing to stealing. And we can give several examples of what our children are doing. Just last week um, or a couple weeks ago in Atlanta, they had this family event where it was supposed to be families watching movies and everything, and our children, young black children, were running through there, stomping on people's food, snatching the blankets, assaulting people, hitting cars, to the point that this nice family event that they had, excuse me, that they had, has now been canceled. Because our children are not learning the ways of the Lord, and because they're not learning the ways of the Lord because there's no one teaching it. The father's not there in the household, and for those households where fathers are absent, the mothers aren't teaching it according to Christ. But this is what it's supposed to look like. God first, Christ, the man, the woman, and the children all together in Christ. And when that doesn't happen, it becomes a crisis in our household, and the house is overthrown and out of order. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, those comments, uh, Dwight, and bringing those scriptures out. And that, I think that kind of goes to the uh, next question that Ed Gordon asked in this article. And he says, uh, why do you think this crisis is still going on? This is something that we have talked about now for upwards of 20 years. And uh, one of the people on the roundtable, George, responded. He said, well, it has gotten worse. Unfortunately, we have some areas of excellence. But I think it's important to address the various pathologies that have, be have either been perpetrated upon the community or where the community has been complicit in the problem, drugs, violence and crime all have really worn down the fabric of the family. So many factors have had an impact, but turning it around, as Bill Cosby was saying to a large degree, is something that we in the black community have to take into our own hands. What we've got to do is get more people in the community involved in the process. So, uh, Kazaki, let me uh, direct this uh, question to you. What do you, what do you think about what is the statement that uh, George made where he said that drugs, violence, and crime all have really worn down the fabric of the family? Can I interject right. this real briefly before the brother speaks? Sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I was going to say that that was basically the end point where he says get more people in the community involved in that process. That was the point that I brought out earlier before. And I was saying, like, when some of us were coming up, there were certain standards in place that were reinforced and that were upheld across the board. What you didn't get, get away with at home, you weren't going to get away with it at your friend's house, you weren't going to get away with it at your uncle's house or wherever you were, or the person down the street. There were certain standards that were upheld once upon a time, and those things are no longer there. And it all goes back to the community putting on Christ. 
but, go ahead. But you know, you know, Avaja, I understand what you're saying, but even even back when you were growing up, you still had the drugs, violence, and crime. The, the 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 thing that's happening, and he's pointing back. Ed's question was upwards of 20 years. Okay, so it could have been 15 years, it could have been 35 years, but upwards of 20 years, somewhere in that neighborhood, you know, these things have seen to have it's still going on. You know, it's been addressed on some level, but it's still going on. And the question is why? You know, why is it going on? So uh, what what George is saying, George is indicating, Kazakia, that drugs, violence, and crime all have really worn down the fabric of the family. What do you think about that statement? Yes, drugs, drugs, violence, and crime have uh, worn down the fabric of the family. But let's go to the root cause analysis, okay? What, what, what we're doing is, we, uh, and what I'm afraid of is going to happen is, if we're not careful, we, we're going to, these guys are going about giving answers, secular answers to spiritual problems. What we need to do is give spiritual answers to spiritual problems. Now, the reason why these things are happening to us in our community is because of the fact that we have neglected the Heavenly Father and not following his law, statutes, and commandments and teaching them, like the brothers were going in the scriptures, to our children. So now, when he says, and I'm going to read the article, we've got to do this, excuse me, what we've got to do is get more people in the community involved in that process. That is true. But... The problem, uh, how we go about doing it, we have to go about doing it according to the scriptures. Now, I'd like to read the scriptures. This is Acts 17, verse 30. And the time of this ignorance, God winked at. But now command of all men everywhere to repent. Note that it says command all men. It's not an option. It's not a, well, if you feel like it, repent. But if you don't feel like it, it's okay. No, it's not that. It says all men everywhere to repent. So now this is what we must do. For us to take back our children and bring them back in the order that the Lord established in the first place, for us to take back our communities and get the drugs, the violence, the homosexuality, the lesbianism, the crime out of our communities, we've got to repent. And that repentance process involves changing your mindset from accepting everything that this society says is good or normal, changing that mindset to Let's get into the scriptures, follow the scriptures, apply the teachings of Christ, and teach these things also to our children as well as us as men being examples of those teachings. And through time, that process will be reversed. But when people see that, see that example of Christ in us, Lord willing, they adopt that same example, they repent, and then they start dealing in their households the way the scripture says that they're supposed to deal in their households. But we have a call. Okay, brothers, let me let me uh, get you to welcome uh, Brother Gadayawan into the virtual living room. He's here with us. Gadayawan, before you go with your question or comment, let me just uh, bring out one point, uh, something you brothers can ponder. This comment that George made, drugs, violence, and crime help all have really worn down the fabric of the family. Isn't this sort of a, a, a chicken-egg-which-comes-first type argument? Because he's, he's indicating that these are the problems, drugs, violence, and crime, but you brothers are indicating the problem is the fathers, not obeying yeah, no, the scriptures. We're, we're, we, yeah, because the drug, the drug, violence, and crime are merely symptoms of the, of the problem. They're not... They're not the cause of the problem. 
They are a result of what the true problem is. And the true problem is not even the fathers. They're helping catalyze, you know, they're causing the problem to come about. The true problem is sin. The problem right. is the breaking of God's commandments. That's the problem. All we're seeing now is the, the result of that of that of that problem of breaking of the breaking of sin. You go into Deuteronomy and just real quick, Deuteronomy chapter twenty eight and verse thirty two. This is this is a, a result of sin when we broke the most high commandments. And he says, And thy sons and thy daughters shall be given to another people, and thine eye shall and thy eye shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thy hand. And the fruit of thy land and all thy labors Shall a nation eat up with thou which knoweth? It says, "With shall a nation which thou knoweth not eat up, and thou shalt be only oppressed and crushed always." So we see, because of sin, because of breaking God's commandments, because we didn't follow Christ's instructions, as a result, all of these consequences come about. We have death, destruction, drugs, violence, all these things in the community. To reverse that, you can't be looking at drugs and all that. You got to look at what caused the drugs and the violence and the death, and that thing. Once you go back to that, the men become established in that, according to Christ. Then everything else reverses course. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Now, uh, uh, let's welcome Gadaiwin. And Gadaiwin, uh, brother, uh, go ahead and, and let us know what's on your mind today. Okay. I mean, we're speaking about how we're going to reverse the process because a lot of people try to come up with ideas and I mean that's one of the things that we spoke about on our show yesterday how many people would try to come up with ideas for you know how to curb different violence with young people or whether it be drugs or whether it be uh, teenage pregnancy but I want to read um this scripture in Isaiah the 30th chapter in the first verse where the Most High was speaking to Israel just on some of these things. It says, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. So that's what the brother was talking about. You know, our people are wrapped in sin, but automatically it shows you that what? That our people are rebellious children. We're supposed to be the children of the Most High, the people of the Most High, but the things that the Lord has given us to order and structure our lives, to raise our feelings, to basically just to show us how to be men, just to show us how to be men, we have no concept of that. Why? Because we've turned our back on, on God. That's why you have the baby boy syndrome. Don't want to leave home. Don't want to be a man. Automatically in the Bible, the Bible tells you, that a man, when he gets married, what is he going to do? He's going to leave father and work, mother and cleave unto his wife. Now you got men, they don't want to get married. They just want to be underneath mommy. Or if they're not underneath mommy, they're not marrying their wife. That's why they make these songs, put a ring on it. That's why, you know, they're making laws to force men to take care of their children. And that causes resentment among the women. And that causes resentment among the children. Now it makes an interesting statement. It says, they take counsel, but not of me. So you have all these people trying to construct wise counsels and get ideas together and how they can uh, deal with this problem, but they're not consulting the Lord. They're not opening up the Bible 
and saying, you know, this is what the Lord is saying, and this is what's going to be the cure to our solution. Because when you read in Christ, Christ said many times he would have healed them and brought them under his wings. But what? This is not what they want. It says they cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. We know that spirit is the spirit of Christ. They don't want to. They don't want to hear. Look, you have to stop committing adultery and deal with one woman and raise your family. You know, they make stupid answers like, "Man, I can't deal with one woman." That's like having chicken every night. So this this is a problem. The so, brother said so now, it perfect. So now, Godwin, I think you bring another excellent point. Would you also bring out uh, what on that particular instance, not dealing with one woman? What are some of the potential consequences that you don't want to suffer that's subject to come up as a result of you uh, dipping and dabbing here and there? Um, let's just say AIDS, <laughs> diseases. Okay. I mean, that causes that causes broken homes in itself. A man dealing with more than one woman, he's not married, and then he got children here, there, and everywhere, or a man sleeping with different women, you know, you go, you, you're going to have uh, Maury Povich. Who's the daddy? You are not the father. You are the father. And people jumping up and down like they don't won the lottery. Well, actually, mm-hmm. this, the scripture says, you know, that's going to be what? A fatherless child. See, that's the problem already. People going around and they're having sex. But the scripture shows us that if there's children and they don't have no father, the men, instead of trying to get with the woman, they're supposed to act as substitute fathers. See, there's not supposed to be any fatherless children because who? The uncle's supposed to stand in the breach. Or the righteous men of the Lord, they're supposed to stand in the breach. So what are people doing? That's not my child. So they see children, they're out of order. They're out of chain. They they could be stealing. They could be misbehaving. That that's not my child. Nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with you, because righteous men in the past, when we saw fatherless children, it was our duty and obligation not to get with the moms and marry her. Not saying that you couldn't in righteousness, but it was our obligation and duty to make sure that all the children among us were in order. So we all had to act as substitute fathers. And, you know, that's kind of one of the points that uh, they were bringing out in this article, uh, and which I think Abaja spoke on a little while ago, and said what we've got to do is get more people in the community involved in that process. Uh, so it is uh, a community responsibility. It is everybody's responsibility. You know, uh, it's, so just simply because you did not father a child doesn't mean that you don't have some responsibility to that child. Uh, does it also mean that, you know, if you see a man who is not taking care of his responsibilities as a, as a father, that you have some responsibility toward him to correct it? Of course you have a uh, responsibility to correct it. See, the Bible is clear. Paul was clear when you read 1 Corinthians 5. See, what what's supposed to happen? Because people are crazy. That's why Christ gave us clear instructions. He said, when you find a fool, leave him a fool. But what we're supposed to do is to those that's willing to make a change, that's who we're supposed to be looking at, the people in the church. Because the majority of the people, they're not gonna they're not gonna be with this. They wanna continue in what they're doing. That's why there's not gonna be no wide changes in the community. That's why Christ looked and when they asked them, Look, your father and your mother your your father, your your mother and your brethren is outside, he said, Those that do he said, Look, you see here, those that do the will of my father. That's my mother. That's my brother. 
So these are the people that we're going to have to deal with, those that submit themselves to the will of the Heavenly Father. Those that's not, we're not going to be able to help them. Because you know why? The Lord's going to put his hand against them. That's what's happening in our communities. Okay. All right, I want to uh, go a little bit further, brothers, in this um, article. And um, Ed Gordon's next question um, is, so how do we change that expectation? How do you get away from what I call the social worker syndrome within our community? Can the haves really help the have-nots without either feeling the brunt of the you-just-think-you're-better-than-me discussion or get beyond what I call the black wealth guilt, like i got to devote some time on Saturday in the hood, but I'm only giving you from 10 to 11 on Saturdays. And uh, George responded, and he said, well, right now, if I could get the 10 to 11, I'd take that. I understand what you're saying, but at CBM, which is concerned black men, we're in a quandary because we're in an organization that does a lot of mentoring. We bring men into the lives of children, and we're having a hell of a time getting brothers to make any level of commitment. It's frustrating because I'm in a city where, to some degree, you have more activists, people of other colors, and we are prepared to use them. But we want black men to be involved in the lives of kids and to bring their successes and how they overcame their problems in as examples for young people. Brothers, your comments on this. I'd like to read Isaiah because uh, he's, he's reading on some, he's touching on a, a little bit of a point there. I'd like to read Isaiah chapter 1 starting at um, uh, verse 16. It says, wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your, doing, your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. So what, what, uh, what, what, the, what the Lord is telling us here in these two verses, of course, first and foremost, repent. And secondly, in repentance, it becomes a, it becomes a collaborative thing because now, it says, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed. We have to be there and help those who are oppressed. Show them the scriptures. Be, them, be the example of Christ to those that are oppressed and show them you can change the situation that you are in if you humble yourself to Christ and follow Christ. And what else does it say? Judge the fatherless, like the brother was talking about. We become those substitute fathers. We become those stand-ins, more or less, is what I'm trying to say, in which this young man or young woman doesn't make a difference who doesn't have a father, we step in and show this young man, this young woman, wait a minute, what you're doing, what you're about to do, that's not according to Christ. Look at what Christ is saying here. Look at the example of Christ in here. Look what he's teaching. Christ is teaching the commandments. So now these are the things that you, young man, you, young woman, have to learn and apply yourself. So now what you're speaking in terms of, uh, that really um, requires the participation, uh, cooperation of the mother's, especially, you know, when we're talking about uh, uh, single mothers, um, it requires their cooperation, right? To a degree, yes, because as, as, uh, it's just as much the responsibility of the mothers to teach the commandments. First, repent, learn Christ, follow Christ, and teach Christ to their children as it is for a father, whether the children be his biological own or not. Okay, all right. Uh, brothers, uh, I want to uh, approach another subject, and uh, you know we, we've been talking about what, what's going wrong, and uh, you know how that um, 
when the, when the fathers are out of line, they're doing things that are wrong, that that actually ends up in, impacting the entire family. Uh, the, the mothers uh, impacts the children where they're uh, committing crimes and uh, doing other degenerate things. Um, want to talk a, a bit about the appropriate role, and we understand by some scripture that Dwight brought out earlier, uh, and thank, thank you, Dwight, for calling to bring that out, in First Corinthians, where the man is the head, the woman, um, uh, I'm sorry, God is the head, the man, in a manner of speaking, reports to God, the woman to the man, and then the children uh, to, the, to the parents. Um, let's talk some about specifically what that role of the man is. What things does that man do in his family? What things does he do with his wife? Uh, but more specifically, because we're talking about fathers, what things is he doing with his children that will make him a good father? Uh, but before we do that, we're going to go to a message. Brothers and sisters, at this time, please accept our invitation to visit us in the virtual living room to discuss today's topic. Comments or questions are eagerly encouraged, whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. To visit us in the virtual living room, please call 646-716-7749. Also, you can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at youreach.com youreach is the letter U followed by the word reach so that's bodyofchrist at youreach.com or call us at 1-877-871-1712 this program is broadcast live each Sunday at 2 p.m. Remember to visit us right now in the virtual living room by calling 646-716-7749. Now, back to today's show. Let your life so, so shine uh, before men. That that does not mean that 
your own wife and children, family are excluded because it's just as important, it's just as paramount that the wife and children see the example of Christ and the Father as it is that the people out in the world and the community or the community at large see that same example. So what the first thing or, or one scripture that, that could be used is this scripture right here, fathers repenting in Christ, learning of Christ, and being that example of Christ uh, to, to his wife as well as to his children. And in the case of the children, there are going uh, to be times sometimes where you have to administer that, uh, that discipline to teach your child right from your son or your daughter right from wrong according to the scriptures. That is also important. Okay. Also, also, when you go into Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, what is a man supposed to do primarily uh, focusing on him because he's supposed to be setting that example? Uh, this is supposed to be his focus, Colossians 3 and 1. It says, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you what those things above all. Verse 2, set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now, verse, verse 5 begins to tell you, go into the details of that. It says what? Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, what we're seeing here. All of these things, the out, outgrowth of all of these things we see in our community when we're talking about uh, uh, men trying to be pimps, women trying to follow the same examples, you're talking about a man having multiple women, he's not committed to either one of them, he's fornicating in the community. We're seeing here that these are the deeds that you're supposed to be mortifying, okay? Uncleanness, whether it is uncleanness in the mind through sin or uncleanness through your deeds and committing sin with, you know, the acts of sin. It talks about inordinate affections. Not only is that evil lust, but it's talking about not loving your brother, meaning not having natural affection. Inordinate affection is the opposite of that. And we see that when you talk about the hatred and the murder going on in our community. It is you're supposed to have a natural affection for your brother, meaning you want to see the good happen to him just like you would seek it for yourself. That's loving your neighbor as yourself. But instead of that, you're looking to get over on your brother, steal, take, rob, take his woman, his household, his possessions, when the scriptures tell you in in Exodus, the, uh, um, what is that, Exodus, the uh, 12th chapter, no, 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 20th chapter, that thou shalt not covet. You're not supposed to desire anything that belongs to another man to take it from him. You get your own, okay? The scriptures tell you, uh, verse 6, going down to First Corinthians, I mean, excuse me, Colossians 3, start, you know, verse 6. It says, for the things which the wrath, it says, for these things, sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. So because of all of these sins going on, we see the result of that in our community because that's the wrath of God against sin. When all these things begin to happen, you start to see the outgrowth of that as drugs, violence, uh, criminal activity, uh, uh, improper relationships between men and women. All of these things happen in our community, and then you see God bringing the judgment. That's why there's poverty. That's why the, um, the man is incarcerated going to jail. You see men being shot down in the streets black-on-black crime, all of these things are because of sin and God bringing the judgment, and that's why you look at the present system today, you'll see most of them are populated with Israelite, you know, with black men, so-called black men. And even you go into this very same article, he begins to note a new um, 
a new phenomenon going on. Just to turn back to the article and bring us that example, uh, this is Ed, I believe it's about in the ninth paragraph. He says, we have spent a lot of time over the last decade talking about black men, their issues, uh, their issues, young black males. But when we look at statistics, the largest percentage of new entrants into, juven into the juvenile justice system is young black girls. The violent crime rate among them is growing decisively. So do we see how the trend goes? Before that was young black men. Now it's going into young black women. So we see one is preceding the other. When one sets a bad example, it, over time you see that example begin to spill over into other, <clears throat> into other areas. It was once young black men committing these crimes, now it's beginning to be young black women. So who's following who? So if the young black men begin to reestablish the proper position, guess what's going to happen? So that's why I showed you the man under Christ and God, the woman under the man, the children under the parents. That's the order we got to return back to. Abaja, uh, yes, let's take let's take the uh, example the uh, of gang activity, gang related killings. Okay, what one thing can every single father do, if if it were possible to get every single father to to uh, come on point with this? What one thing could they do to eliminate gang activity? Is there anything they could do? Well, basically, in one word, repent. But the thing is that we have to understand is because. You have you have two you have two sides of the other coin. You have the side of the coin where the the scriptures are being taught and it's not being adhered to, and then you have the side of the coin where the scriptures aren't being taught. Just period. I want to go to uh, the book so of Jeremiah. So what would need to be taught in order to eliminate that uh, gang killings? Basically, it just goes back to everyone repenting and keeping the commandments through the example of Christ. Because You're when you go to what? you know repenting of their sin. When you look, first of all, when you read the ten, one of the Ten Commandments where it says, Thou shalt not kill, the understanding of, of that is, Thou shalt not murder. Okay. So Christ gave us the understanding of that, what it means to murder, about basically it starts when you hate your brother in your heart, meaning your mind. Okay. All of those so things is, is, going is, back is to. Is that simple then? Is that simple? Is, you know, you don't, you don't need to get, uh, you know, uh, kids involved in sports and stuff like that to keep them off the streets. It's just as simple as teaching a child, thou should not kill. That's what the Lord said. Because the thing is, you have to understand. Now, first and foremost, the foundation has to be Christ. I want to read that in the book of Corinthians. Okay. I want to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm going to start at uh, verse 9. It says, <laughs> this is Paul. What's that? Somebody has something to say? No, go ahead, Okay. Okay, because I got a few places I want to go to, to even address this. It says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building, according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder. So I want to stop there before I read on, because Paul basically is what? He's teaching the people the understanding of keeping the commandments through the example of Christ. That's why you same way you have a carpenter or an architect that designs the house, and you have those workers that help build the house, it's the same concept. So he says, well, we are all labors together with God, and ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. So the church means those that are following the example of Christ, that is God's building, not a physical building. He says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me. Because what? Paul himself was the one that was crucifying and persecuting those that follow Christ. 
So it's going to show you that anyone that wants to repent can repent. Okay? It's not a it's not a dead end street. If you want to repent and you can hear and understand these words, you can repent. Thus saith the Lord. And that's the grace, the same grace that was given unto Paul is a grace that can be extended to all of us. He says that what? As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. So the thing is, is that Paul couldn't always be in one spot teaching, but those things that he taught to other men and women, those were the things that they taught to their children. And those were the things that men and women exhorted each other in daily in the scriptures. So now the choice, I mean, this point is in verse 11. He says, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So the foundation has to be Christ. Once that foundation is there, then yes, then all these other programs and things can take their place, but they cannot take their place before the foundation. But now let's go to the flip side of that. I want to go to Jeremiah because you have some people that sit back and say, well, you know, people ain't going to follow that Bible. That Bible is an old book. We need new ideas. We need new things. Well, guess what? The Lord addressed that too. And I'm going straight to the point because I know we're getting a little uh, short on time. I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 5, verse 26. For among my people are found wicked men. They lay wait as, the, as he that set a snares. They set a trap. They catch men. So the wicked men, you have what? Wicked leaders that are not teaching that Christ is the foundation. You have wicked men that teach the bad example to our children in our communities. And then I'm going to go jump down to verse 30. It says, a wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? So the point is, the Lord says, my people love to have it so. Our people love to do whatever it is that they want to do and justify themselves in it, as long as they don't have to be using under the, uh, under the commandments of Christ. They love to be in these things, whether they realize it or not. Because the thing is, if we do not submit ourselves to, to the will of the Heavenly Father through Christ, then we're ultimately going to wind up in a very bad place. And this is why you see a lot of people, a lot of people are not going to, going to submit themselves to Christ. The answers are right here in the scriptures, but the Lord already told us. He said, my people love to have it so. And Christ also told us, he said, that wide is the gate. Excuse me, in Matthew 7 and 13, he says, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And here's the point. And many there be which go in thereat. So the sad, true reality of the situation is a lot of our people are not going to submit to Christ, and a lot of our people are going to go into that wide and broad way that leadeth to destruction. And this is why Christ said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. So those that want to repent and follow and obtain you know, the, the kingdom through Christ, they're going to do that. Those that won't. They just won't, and the Lord is going to bring judgment upon them. It's just that simple. Okay. All right. Uh, I want to get you, brother, to uh, more examples of uh, what fathers do with their children, you know, some of the scriptures that bring out what fathers actually do with their children. Uh, but uh, we're going to go to a message and, and then we'll in more depth. Body of Christ Church in St. Louis. I would like to invite you to our show in the SDL. The shows air every Wednesday at 6 p.m. It is an hour show on Charter Communications, channel 980 and 981. So take the time out to get the good word and may the most high Christ bless you. 
do with their children. Uh, and Kazakia, you were uh, posting some things in the chat room that I think goes uh, straight to the point about some of the things that fathers do. Could you go ahead and uh, maybe read those and expound on those for us, please? Yeah, sure. Um, one of the comments that was posted in the chat room comes from uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, starting at verse 1, where it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment we're promised. So before we go any further with that, for children to be able to obey their parents in the Lord, because it's the right thing to do, they first have to learn the commandments in the Lord. That means it is just as much the responsibility of the father as it is the mother that they both teach and instruct their children, their sons, their daughters, out of the Bible according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. What I also would like to do uh, is uh, finish reading Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Not, not, not the whole chapter, of course, but finish reading that, that part because it's extremely important. If y'all bear with me a second, please. It says, children, <clears throat> obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Verse 4 is very important. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Do not, uh, when it says provoke not your children to wrath, don't mistreat your children, abuse your children, so forth and so on. Fathers, what you're supposed to do, like the scripture says when reading on, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, it is our responsibility to teach and raise our children up, whether they be biological or not, in the fear of the Heavenly Father, the teachings of Jesus Christ. What also I would like to read now is Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting at verse 5. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that, as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. So the Heavenly Father, he chastens us, he corrects us, so that we understand our mistakes and we learn right from wrong and we learn that this is not what the Heavenly Father wants us to do or this is the direction that the Lord does not want us to go in. It's the same thing that a father must do with his son. He must chasten his son. He must correct his son out of love to show his son or his daughter the way that the Heavenly Father wants us to go and that when you go this way, there are consequences that must be paid. But the overall point is, to answer your question, these are the things that fathers must be must do with their sons and slash or their daughters. Teach the commandments, be the example of Jesus Christ, and from time to time, as the situation warrants, bring that chastisement so that the point is driven home to the children. This is what is expected of me according to the scriptures, and this is what will happen if I don't do what the scripture says to me to do. All right, anybody else have any other scriptures they want to bring out regarding uh, fathers' relationship with their children? Yeah, um, I have um, Ephesians, uh, the fifth chapter. I'm going to start at verse 25. And it goes into something here. And it states, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So it says, Husbands, love your wives. Well, when you're in the marriage, the Lord will bless you with children. If that be the case, you also have to love your children. So now, when it's saying here to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, and likewise, you give yourself to your wife and to your family, to your children, that means instructing, instructing them, talking with them by and by the way, 
showing them examples of right and pointing out examples on how not to be, okay, and nourishing them and teaching them and having patience with them. All of that is involved in raising children and being a, a man, a man of the Heavenly Father, and being a man of how we say it, how men ought to be in their houses because that's the only example all men ought to be, the example of a servant of Christ in the household. It says that he might sanctify Christ with the washing of water by the word. I'm going to, read, um, I'm going to go down to verse 28 in Ephesians 5:28. So ought men to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord, the church. So that was verse 28 and 29. And so these are examples of how we ought to be in our houses. There for them, um, giving them that compassion, giving them that correcting, giving them that example to see, look, this, he's up every day, he's doing what he has to do, he's like, running his household accordingly. And that's an example that we should give to them. And this is the examples and the, and the actions that men should do in their household. Yes, sir, can I say something? Absolutely, please do. Um, one of the, the examples that Christ pointed out, he said, um, if we were the children of Abraham, then we should do the works of Abraham. So when you look at Abraham, you know, the, the coin that they put on him is Father Abraham, because Abraham's name is, is part of his name means father. So let me read this in Genesis. This is 18, verse 18. It says, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. So this is very important, and this is what, what the problem is with fathers, that they're not commanding their households. reason being is because they have no concept of how to be like an Abraham. They have no concept of what it is to to be a man. It's really, 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 really very, very, very simple answer is that our people have committed sin. That's why they have no concept of what roles they want to play. A man cannot command his household. Why? Because a woman's like going to tell him, look, this is my house. And rightfully so, because a lot of men, they're, they're, they're living with mommy. They're living with their mom, so they have no idea what it is to be a man. They no, have no idea what it is to establish a household and to actually command a household in righteousness, just like the brother was talking about how a man is supposed to deal with his wife. So a man can't even deal with his wife correctly. How is he going to deal with the children? If a man is in on one accord with his wife, then it's going to be all kinds of conflict because what people see, they think children are stupid, and they see their parents being hypocrites. So you cannot correct children. You cannot be a correct father unless you're doing what's right. So with Matthew 7, that applies to parents. That applies to fathers. If a father is an adulterer or fornicator, how is he going to instruct his children not to steal, not to lie, when he's breaking the commandments of the Lord himself? There's no way that's going to work. Because children turn around and say, well, Daddy, you do this. Daddy, you doing that. Daddy, you going and doing this. Daddy, you sell drugs. Daddy, you smoke. You doing this. Children are not stupid. They're going to point it out. That's why the Lord instructs men of the Lord that's teaching, they have prerequisites. And one of the prerequisites is that they have their children in order. Their children can't be out of control. Their children can't be off the train. Their children can't be little monsters. So before that comes about, that person has to be a man of God. So if a man isn't a man of God, then there's no hope. 
Well, I just wanted to reinforce. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, in the in First Timothy chapter five and verse eight, because the part of the heading was uh, in that first paragraph we was reading. It says, "No subject has been dissected more than that of the black man, at, the black man as family man, the black man as father, and the black man as missing in action." These are the total opposite of what a true righteous man is supposed to be. Because when you read in First Timothy chapter five and verse, I thought of verse seven, it says, "These things give I charge that they may be blameless." But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than the infidel. So it shows you that God fully expects us to provide for our own, to take care of our household, and to be that example. Anything opposite that. Man, I don't put it with God in Christ, and that's what the problem is. Right. And this is okay. what about my. Go ahead, brother. I was like, well, no, my, my parting response. My parting response. I just wanted to go very quickly to Second Timothy chapter one. I'm gonna read verses one and jump down to verse five, which is the point. Second Timothy uh, one and one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Points in verse five. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith which is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So it's going to show you that when the male figure is there being founded in Christ and the woman is a participating in that, then it can probably go down to the children. Because it said from his grandmother and his mother, and he said, I am persuaded that it is in thee. So it's going to show you there has to be a unified front. The mother has to be a very, she's very key in that role and breathing up those children in the proper understanding. Okay. All right, brothers, well, uh, thank you so much for uh, all your participation, and thank you to the audience for listening in today and those who called in. Uh, but all praises goes out to the Most High in Christ. So until next time, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you all. Shalom. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at newreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the most high in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.